Yes? So I want to preach this morning uh, on a series I started a few weeks ago. And this series is called Christ in the Book of Acts. So I don't know how long it will take me. <coughs> but this morning I want to preach about it. You remember a few weeks ago I preached about a lame man who was lame from a mother's womb and he was at the beautiful gate there waiting for all those people to go to the temple worshiping God and he thought at least, at least one will be there and he has got something to give him. And he didn't receive anything but he received more than he expected because there were two disciples, Peter and John. Peter and John. And they came to this man, he was expecting some arms. And they said, well, look at us. He looked at them, and Peter said, silver and gold have we none. Then his chin fell down, did it? But what we have, we give to you in the name of Jesus. Get up and walk. And it happened. This man, he walked around, he was leaping and rejoicing in the temple, praising God, things he never was able to do, worshiping God. Hallelujah. Now this man, and if you study a little bit closer, this man has become a sign for Israel. You know, when the Bible speaks of a sign, then it means something. There is, there's something behind it. It's not a sign you can order from any sign writers. No, a sign, something from God designed for a special purpose. And there's a deeper, deeper meaning behind. And Jesus said, this generation, you know, this... this uh, is looking for a sign. You remember when Jesus was in the temple and cleaned the temple and threw all these things out and people came, in what authority can you do this? And can you show us a sign? They thought Jesus is a kind of a magic man. He can do some tricks. No. Jesus said no. There is no other sign giving unto you and going to be given, or was given already, than the prophet Jonah. And what did Jesus mean? As Jonah's life was there, and as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the fish, so the Son of God will be, or perhaps you might have said Son of Man, so will Jesus be. Three days and three nights in the earth. And we call it, there was the burial of Jesus. Now, Jesus went into heaven and he sent the Holy Spirit. You know, it's a pity. We have to mark it in our calendar when actually the day of Pentecost here in Australia is. You won't find it on an Australian calendar. In Germany, you will find it. But here, 
Uh, that's why perhaps we forgot it all about. And I realized that, and I thought, well, I'm going to preach about Pentecost, which I did then. And I was long behind, um, after it was. Now, this morning, I want to preach on Peter explains the healing of the lame. And let's read the scripture from Acts chapter 3, uh, 2, 3, verse 26. While he was clinging to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them at the so-called portico of Solomon, full of amazement. But when Peter saw this, he replied to the people, Men of Israel, why are you amazed at this? Or why do you gaze at us as if by our own power or piety we have made him walk? The God of Israel, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus, the one whom you delivered and disowned in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you disowned the Holy and Righteous One and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. But put to death the Prince of Life, the One whom God raised from the dead, in fact to which we are witnesses. And on the basis of faith in His name, it is the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man whom you see and know. And the faith which comes through him has given him his perfect health in the presence of all. And now, brethren, I know you acted in ignorance just as your rulers did also. But the things which God announced beforehand by the mouth of his prophets, this, uh, that his Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. He was a wonderful fulfillment of something many might have overlooked it then. But Peter, by the Holy Spirit, he said, God has everything fulfilled. In Jesus Christ, there was everything fulfilled, God said beforehand, through the prophets. And that's for me a wonderful, wonderful proof that God is. Hallelujah. Don't come to me and say, can you prove me that God is alive and God lives? I can say, yes. Do we have a little bit of time? Yes, I go ahead. Nobody should say, I can't believe in God. The real answer should be, I just don't want to believe in God if you don't believe in Him. Don't say, I can't. Be honest to yourself and say, well, I don't want to believe. And then, of course, it's all up to you. What happens in eternity will on basis, if you didn't believe and want, didn't want belief, either hell or you will heaven. Now these things are fulfilled. Fulfilled prophecies about Jesus Christ is for me a wonderful proof. Wonderful proof 
God is hallelujah. And I don't have to use any blind faith. You know what blind faith is? No idea about God. Not knowing what he said. And so, well, yes, I, I'm a Christian. I believe. No. I have a faith in a God who is and proved himself many, 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 many times. And now, let's continue. But the things which God announced beforehand the, through the mount, mouth of the prophets that his Christ should suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Therefore repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus the Christ appointed to you, whom heaven must receive until the period of restoration of all things about which God spoke to the mouth of his holy prophets, prophets from ancient time. Moses said, The Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren, to him you shall give heed to everything he says to you. And it will be that every soul that does not heed that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. And likewise all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and his successors onward, also announced these, uh, these days. It is you who are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant with God, made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. For you first, God raised his servant and sent him to bless you by turning every one of you from your wicked ways. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to bless your name, Jesus. And I pray, Lord, as I'm going to preach your word, I pray give grace to speak your word. Give grace to understand and receive your word. And also give grace to act upon your word in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now the crucifixion was for those, for the leaders of Israel and rulers of Israel, actually a flaw. It did not bring what they thought. Their idea, you know, the idea of crucifixion in the Roman time was not just to kill somebody in a cruel way, of course. But the whole idea behind it was that the name of that person that was crucified should never ever be remembered 
extinguish. And how often have you read in this, in this scripture here the name of Jesus? It didn't work for them. The name of Jesus is a wonderful name. In him is all salvation. Hallelujah. And friends, even more for us sinners and for the cruels, cruels of cruel sinners who come to the cross, it is more. It's a wonderful salvation. And this salvation is so complete that you don't have to do anything. Amen. Believe in Jesus and you shall be saved. Hallelujah. Who was that, John? God bless you. You shall be saved. And that's so wonderful. And I like the song. And I must say it as well. When we sing, uh, sang this song, uh, our dear brother David taught us this song. How deep the Father's love. Do you remember that day when you were there, David? And you taught us this song. And it's become our favorite song, one of them. Hallelujah. How deep the Father's love for us. And it's so wonderful. Now a sinner who comes to the cross, he sees the cross differently. And a lovely sister, I know my people here, my people, I know the church, she always sits behind us. That's my dear sister. And one thing is for sure, if, if you preach about the cross and you come to the end of the life when Jesus gave up his life in the hands of the Father, and then she knows the answer. The answer is, it is finished. Hallelujah. And I've got this word also for you. Greek. It is finished. Paid in full. There's nothing to pay anymore. Okay, by God there is no way of uh, lay-by. We had no idea when we came first to Australia what does it mean, lay-by. Labor means you can get the stuff or the laid aside and you have always to pay something, yes? My wife said, well, today I have to go also pay the lay-by, a jacket or what, what it was, lay-by. This system doesn't work with God. God doesn't work with lay-bys. God said, it is paid in full, hallelujah. And you can take salvation straight away. Straight away, put it in your heart and say, Lord, I believe that Jesus has paid all my sins. And now Peter, when he saw people were coming to him and uh, they looked at Peter and John, he said, why, why are you staring or gazing at us as if through our own piety and holiness that we are some great people and by our own strength have made this man walk? No. And people were amazed. And Peter turns the att attention from themselves 
John and Peter to Jesus. Hallelujah. If God uses you in any way, turn it away from you. Turn it to Jesus. Hallelujah. Has nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with me. And he said, The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of your fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus again. That name Jesus. It was after the crucifixion, no longer to be named. But he was again. He has glorified his servant Jesus, the one whom you delivered and disowned in the presence of Pilate when he was or had decided to release him. And you were so that you wanted to have that murderer. And we know the, the partial or the part of that. The God of Abraham was also the God of Isaac. Now, Isaac was a miracle by himself. Yes? And we know Father Abraham fathered with 100 year Isaac. And his wife, she was just a little bit more into the youth. She was only 90. And they had a baby. They had a baby. And that's what God says. And Isaac was a miracle. That means the whole history of Israel was built upon miracle, upon miracle. Amen. Hallelujah. I preached about the miracles years and years ago of Jesus. But perhaps somebody could preach about the miracles in the Old Testament. It started with miracles right from the first night from the Passover. Amen? It's a miracle that the blood of a lamb could protect them that was painted at the post and on a lintel of the door could protect them from a certain death or their oldest son from a certain death. And God of Jacob, now I tell you what, when it comes to Jacob, some people have a lot to, to say about him. Jacob, he was always a kind of a sneaky guy, wasn't he? Yes? Oh, yes. And even by birth, you know, he held, the, what do you call it again, the foot, the heel, yes. He held the heel of his brother, wanted to hold him back. But Esau came out first. And Jacob, he tried to get advance to him. And the day came when Esau sold his, his birthright. And Jacob took it. But Jacob had his miracle with God too. Genesis 32. Who knows the story? Genesis 32. There was when God spoke to Jacob. And Jacob was wrestling with God. And Genesis 32 verse 29. 
He says, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. So one score, one point for Jacob. He has prevailed. You know, what does it mean? He was in the presence of God and he was wrestling with uh, the angel of the Lord. Most likely a Christophany. And he has prevailed. That means he is not, has not died. Usually, and that was very clearly in the Old Testament, if anybody saw, saw God, he was, would die. Because nobody can enter into the presence of God and see God and live. But Jacob lived. He has a new name, Israel. And then the God of our fathers. It's not far away. And Peter is calling back the very recent past. And the God of our fathers, he has glorified himself in Jesus Christ. And this man is before you, leaping, singing, and rejoicing, and walking because of Jesus Christ, in faith in Jesus. He believed in Jesus. And he was a new Man, Peter showed them their sins. And one thing is important. We must understand we are sinners. I remember when uh, we started back in Germany. You know, one of the scripture, Romans 3, verse 23. Who knows that scripture? Yes, and what I realized, and I had to make it clear to the people, and when I spoke to some uh, unbelievers, they might have known something about, we are all sinners. You know what they mean with this? Don't point at me. We are all sinners. Is that what the Bible says? Is that? They are all sinners have come short of the glory of God. It's very important. We are not all sinners. We were sinners. We were sinners. But now through the blood of Jesus, we have been cleansed and we have become saved. Do we have some saints here this morning? Yeah? Let me see. I want to see all the saints. Hallelujah. Oh, God bless you. To become a saint, you don't have to write to the man in Rome and get a certificate. This is Saint Werner Schultz. No, you won't get it. But I'm a saint, and Paul speaks always about the church, the believers, saints. We are saints. Amen. Hallelujah. 
our sins have been wiped away and washed away and been taken away. Yes, that was a very good idea about a scapegoat that had to take the sins away. And Jesus was, and the other, the Lamb of God was the one who paid for our sins with his own life. Amen? And that's great. Hallelujah. Now Peter, he said also, and remembers then at Moses, and if we know this story, Moses said, a prophet like me, will God raise up amongst you from your brethren? And you should listen to him. And everyone who does not heed his word, and that was what happened just a few weeks before in Israel. They didn't heed the word of Jesus. They didn't heed it, and thereby Peter could call them and said, well, that is your sin, in other words. You didn't want it, Jesus, but you decided for this murderer. And then he says, well, therefore, in verse 19, chapter 3, therefore repent and return so that, uh, so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus the Christ appointed for you. Now, Jesus will come back, was, Jesus, was Peter saying too, that he will come appointed to you. And we know Jesus came in the first place for whom? You might say sinners, yes, that's right. But the Bible says in Matthew 15, 24, I was sent only to the lost sheep of of what? Of Israel. Why did Jesus come? That we can believe in Jesus Christ is a bonus on top of it. We have to understand Jesus came in the first place for Israel. He came into his own, and the own didn't receive him, but whoever received him, to them he gave the authority and power to become children of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, what sort of refreshment or refreshing is Peter talking about? That a time of refreshing is going to come. What was he talking about? Anybody knows that? Israel hasn't entered the rest as yet, have they? No. They are not in the rest. Although Jesus told them and invited them in Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30, Come to me, 
all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Have they found rest for their souls then? No. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What was Peter talking about? Is there anything for Israel still to come? And you have to remember he spoke to Jews in this regard. Is there anything for Israel still to come? Yes. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. There's something to come for Israel and it will then be when Jesus will come back for whom? For Israel too. And he will come for Israel in a special way. Of course, we as Christians, we believe in the rapture that he will come according to the time of the Father at any time. And this, this day, maybe soon, I don't know. But what we see in the development of the world and in the scripture, what we see with Israel going on now, God hasn't rejected Israel. And Israel is not, not just delivered into the hands of all the enemies. No, Israel is going through a hard time. And it might become even harder, I don't know. But Peter is speaking about there's something coming, a refreshing of God, a peace that will rest upon Israel. Now, that will be when Jesus comes back to Israel as he had said he would. And now we see it clearly. The healing of this lame man. I want to conclude with this. The healing of this lame man is as a sign for Israel. What sort of a sign is this? For whom was the temple built? For whom? You don't know? The temple was built for Israel. And of course for God. Solomon built this temple for God. Now we know that Israel was not living in the presence of God. They were not very sincere with their faith. Very sincere, of course, with the law and all these things. And this, or as this lame man was not able to go into the temple because he was lame. Forty years he couldn't go into the temple. And we know 40 is a number what? Of Trials, of course. 
Do you read the Bible sometimes? No? But obviously you, you do. Otherwise you wouldn't know that. Yes. No. And he couldn't enter the temple. Perhaps sometimes he wished when he was brought by his parents when he was little or by friends when he was older and placed at the gate their beautiful I would like to go into the temple as well, but I can't. He might have read from David when David spoke about the beauty in the temple, the blessings of God in the temple. Oh, if I only could walk, I would go into the temple too. So was Israel. No relationship with God the Father. The one God sent Jesus Christ, they rejected. And they didn't want to hear the name of Jesus any longer. And that was the purpose of crucifixion as well. But the name of Jesus pops up, if you read it in Acts, over and over again. Amen? And the name of Jesus pops up here in this church too. Hallelujah. And we praise the name of Jesus. Amen. We bless him. Hallelujah. Now, we see that the number 40, 400, 4,000 has something to do with testing and so on. You know how many days did this rain on the great flood of Noah. How many days? For 40 days. We did have a lot of rain lately, didn't we? But it was not 40. Because God said, He will never destroy the earth by water again. But the day is going to come when Jesus will come back for Israel. He was appointed, he is appointed to you. God will send him, he was appointed to you, to Israel. And praise the Lord, the day is soon. And then this lame Israel, this Israel that couldn't walk, as it was in the picture of this lame, they will go into the temple. They will worship God and they will understand and see him who has carried their sins away and paid for their sins. What a day will that be. Hallelujah. And I'm interesting what God is going to do in Israel that's why let's pray for Israel too, that their eyes might be opened and they might see Jesus. Unfortunately, I haven't been in Israel yet. Many said, you should go, you should go. I'm going to wait a little bit till Jesus is there. And then I might go to Jerusalem. 